that music can only mean one thing on this Sunday afternoon again. Yes, it's another afternoon of excitement, energy, empathy, evaluations, eccentric, exacerbations, exclusions, evangelistic examples, exuding educational emphasis... And everything to smoking guns. Good afternoon to you, Rutsy. I didn't quite catch all of that, Scotty, but I think it had a lot of E in it. The E's have it today. The E's uh, have it. Mate, they do. We uh, Yes, I was just trying to... Uh, going through some of the content that we've got, uh, there's... Uh, there's uh, and the word I've probably left out is uh, eclectic. Eclectic, yes. So, uh, my favourite. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Let's uh, sit back, relax, uh, grab yourself uh, something hot, something cold, and no matter what it is, yep. and uh, I've brought something in for you. Today. Day drinking. That's, yeah, that's uh, the new trend. Oh, is it day drinking? Day drinking. Oh, oh day drinks. Yeah. DDs. Uh, DDs. <laughs> that's what we're doing a lot so, of. In- so instead of there being yeah, uh, a- AFDs, we've <laughs> gone to double Ds. Double Ds. Correct. <laughs> right. Well, we do have a plethora of different things today, and uh, and as always, our uh, our great minds have managed to find different things to uh, to bring to the table well, or to it's the it's difficult, Scotty, because no, we, the viewers, oh, the listeners no. may know that we do most of our research, of course, in the paper region on a yeah. Sunday morning. And, of course, yes. between the first third of the paper being coronavirus <laughs> Every day. and the last third of the paper being Thanks. AFL football... Bought. And the racing uh, section in the yeah, middle, yeah. and take out the glossy magazines, yeah, and a bit of health and well, and a bit of health and well being, <laughs> real estate, and a bit of travel. You can, I don't know why they still have that travel <laughs> magazine. To be honest, got a bit some point of that. Exactly. Um, there's not a lot left, but there's not a lot. We have managed to find a few we things do. to well, talk about. Today. Well, I tell you what, I have done. Uh, I, I because there is a lack of content, as you've exactly pointed out correctly. Uh, I have in fact started to broaden my research days. Uh, Earlier in the week. Oh, so you've gone so, to Dr. Google. Well, no, I've, I've, I've got the, the big paper and the little paper, ah. and um, and uh, but I'm actually sort of looking at some things on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, rather mate, than, you are doing pre-preparation. Well, uh, yes, because I, I normally, uh, I, well, I normally did do the sort of Friday, Saturday, and, you know, if I was really struggling, <laughs> <laughs> double up Sunday morning, and uh, or or even uh, yesterday, I, I glanced at one of those silly, glossy magazines. To, oh, I just I reckon, you could purloin. Well, I think we're just about overdue to give that a run again. Oh, do you remember that we, we did? We, was it the what did we do? Was it maths or one of those? Yeah, that it was we out did? of the no idea. Yeah, magazine. it was out of the absolutely. They haven't got a clue idea. I don't know how many of those are left now, Scotty. Oh, well, Bauer no, Media's uh, got rid of most of those. That's very true. I, I reckon I only probably saw four or five that I recognised mm. yesterday. Mm. Um, so no, the uh, array of content was uh, also limited <laughs> <laughs> to diet. And fashion. Oh, what are you going to talk well, about? Well, I've got a, a fair bit of stuff today. I've got some news from Colombia. Oh, Colombia? Yeah. We love Colombia. Uh, I've got a bit, of, bit on China, but this is about a China breakaway group. Oh. I've got some more information on my favourite topic bikies. <laughs> and I want to talk to Gee, you about um, a couple of things on a serious note today. Right. One's a conservation topic. Right. The other is the role of state governments. You're going green on me. For or against. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a piece there on the Victorian government, but Terry McCran's had a crack at them. Yeah, right um, But on a good news side, I want to, I'm going to read out some letters from lockdown written oh. by some six and seven year olds who are at home at the moment doing it tough and they've written letters about their experience. And I thought it'd be a nice little home 
sort of story, a bit of a glad in the heart sort of number. Well, maybe they should be in the uh, in the AFR because they probably make more sense than anybody else that <laughs> writes uh, or or in the political section and quote the kids and not the pollies. Well, perhaps. And so I've got a lot of various other stuff, but um, our song theme today too. Yep. Is uh, all about uh, drugs and medicine and remedies. Oh, of course. Because that's in the news, apparently. Yeah. So yeah. we're all waiting for one. Yeah. No. What do you got? Yeah. Well, well, uh, well. As I say, gladly. Uh, I've sort of uh, I've found some different things that um, that it uh, tickled my fancy that uh, we'll have a chat about, and I've got things like uh, the V8 supercars are going to do um, for the fir- I think for the first time ever. Um, because of the logistics of travelling, they're actually going to do back-to-back rounds at the same uh, at the same circuit. Back to back. So, yeah, one weekend at Circuit A and one weekend at Circuit A. <laughs> um, so they're going to have a crack at that. Um, I found a little piece about the Richmond silos um, that oh, have been yes. sitting there forever yes. and a yeah. day, and uh, then there's a little bit of a feud war about uh, a new image that's been proposed for uh, traffic lights at the pedestrian crossing. Apart so, from uh, the walking man. Yes, so let me talk you through that. I'm going to talk about uh, Melbourne in the 1880s. Right. Uh, and just, a fair while uh, ago? Yeah, it was, but it's probably not dissimilar to how things are now. <laughs> Pretty screwed. BC, before no, COVID? No, it was actually, no, it's an interesting little piece. I'll uh, I'll step you through that. There's uh, the first electric Cadillac. I'm not sure whether a Cadillac really? and electric should be going together, but well, they've anyway. got Harleys. They've got electric Harleys. Have yeah. they now? They do. Have they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. But the Harleys is all about... Well, you say that, but... So what are they the, now? the um, largest selling motorcycle in America. Yeah. How I know that, I don't know. Yeah. But um, they sell enough of the brum, brum, brum ones, but they're selling electric ones now too. Really? Mm-hmm. But have they got the brum, 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 brum No, I think you have still? to buy a CD with that, uh, <laughs> that noise. You get a CD. Yeah. Or one of those things you shove up the exhaust pipe that changes the yeah, tone. It's like a you... muffler thing. Oh, mm. muffler thing. Um, price of gold, gone troppo. Uh, I'm going to a little bit about wine, a little bit about some street names. And uh, people are buying new and different uh, cuts of meat. Uh, and I'll talk about uh, why and what they're doing. I look forward to your recipes on so that. Anyway, study. well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll extrapolate. But that in breaking news, um, the grand final's headed north. Uh, so Have you read that? No, oh, I did read that. So, um, Victorian State Government, AFL, and the Queensland State Government are being about to negotiate yeah. for um, which weeks um, yep. and which uh, days that the grand final is going to be on in Queensland. It's expected to be on either. October 17 or 24, and a night grand final is likely for the first yeah, time. Why not? That's the piece that I do Why like, not? though. Right? Why not? So, I mean, you I, change everything, yeah, you've changed your fix, you, you might as well have correct. a crack at the night grand final. Well, while you're at and it. I think it would be a fantastic spectacle. I think you're going to get good weather. Uh, you know, I would think if you're anywhere other than here. Yeah, and uh, it, <laughs> it avoids October. a clash. See, um, it avoids a clash because on 17th of October is Caulfield Cup. Yeah. And October 24, Cox Plate. So yeah, you correct. avoid that clash, which yep. is good for all of us who yep. are consuming a lot of sport well, on that's the a t- big, television. That's a big day, though. Oh, mate. Imagine going to the... Imagine, well, start, with a champ, start with a champagne breakfast before the Caulfield Cup. Well, you won't be able to go to Work the Work through the Caulfield though, Cup, no. So you'll be at home. home. Yeah. Yeah, Big day. No, you'll be horizontal by two o'clock. Big day. <laughs> you won't even see the ground fog. Talk about day reckon. drinking. Oh, mate. That'll be... uh, that's a good idea. Well, we can only hope maybe we can share our house with uh, 10 other people and at least have some people over. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Hey? It's, a, it's actually a smart move by the AFL. Yeah. I know that um, yep. the Adelaide Oval and also Perth Optus Stadium or whatever it's called have put in a bid, but very smart on the AFL um, because Queensland's a, a, a state they've been trying to break into for many years Correct. and they've sunk a lot of money into the yep. Suns. Yep. So, 
uh, why wouldn't you um, why wouldn't you back it in? And look, to be fair, Queensland have uh, been very good uh, in you know accommodating yep. through via the hubs. Yep. All of the and AFL quite the opposite. People that pill over in WA. Yeah. He yeah. do, he, he's got no interest. He's talking about shutting up his borders till the middle of next year. Yeah, well. He, does, he doesn't want us, but he wants the grand final. Yeah, correct. Now, he's you made have, no noise. Oh, we're not going to put in a cent. You can't have but a But you can imagine all too. of a sudden, here comes the WA hand. Yeah. Hello, we're over here. And, Do you know um, what? Bugger off. And I think you've got this, but the Boxing Day test may move yep. as well because yep. if we can't go to the cricket, nah, there's yeah. no point. Well, is there a point having it at the Boxing Day no, test in, in an empty stadium? I just don't reckon. It's just... It'll it go to Adelaide, surely, won't it? Well, it should, probably. Yep. I mean, it's a beautiful ground. Next best. Yep. So send the footy up to Queensland. And, and to, to, just let, put them on notice. We're just lending it to you for oh, a yeah. year. Yeah. We're, we're just lending it for a year. Yeah. So she, the grand final comes back here and the test match comes back here. So, but well, I, I think you know too, what? I, I mean, wouldn't be unhappy. It's still a fair way away, the, the Boxing Day. I mean, the, the Boxing true. Day test has got a bit of time to run. The AFL have to get their yeah. season away before, you know, one of the wags catches something and spoils it for everybody oh, at the beauty a, salon. There's a fair bit of logistics around all that too, isn't yeah, there? You yeah, know, they've got to get it out of the just, way. Just and then the cricket can start. And by, I reckon by the time spring rolls around summer, we, we, we've killed this thing on the head. Yeah. And uh, we, we're back. Well, maybe, I mean, fingers maybe, crossed. Maybe. Can you imagine how big the crowd will be at Boxing Day Test oh, if man. we're all allowed It'll back? There'll be 125,000. Oh, <laughs> mate. There'll be 125,000 outside <laughs> be as well. Fantastic. <laughs> They'll have to set up giant screens oh, in every will. park in Melbourne, I would think. so. Because well, we will all be we will absolutely all be there. dying to get out of our homes dying. and get into parks and get some sun back on us and... Yep, it all just seems uh, speaking a million of nature, miles. Scotty, <laughs> speaking of nature, yes. I've got a couple of nature uh, stories. Oh, one good. was a quick one in an emu in Wyoming escaped escaped the zoo. Uh, and a Wyoming sheriff um, had to respond to a loose animal call. Um, had to wrangle, that's what you do in the States, you, you wrangle, you wrangle a runaway emu. Now, obviously um, not native to the uh, Americas. This is obviously escaped from a local zoo. So, um, funny, not great for radio, but funny image of this guy having to lasso a uh, an emu and lead it home. So there you go. Was that's, it a, that's one. Was it a bit like the baboons that were seen running through the car park? That's, and then th- that was a very funny one. And this <laughs> one's even funnier. Yep. Uh, a naked sunbather in G- in Berlin in oh, Germany. Yeah. Um, Gave chase in his birthday suit after a wild boar stole his laptop oh, at a Berlin lake. Fantastic. And the man was pictured running after the cheeky swine at the Tufolesi Lake. Uh, and a lady took the pictures and posted them on Instagram, and it's very funny. I think so, there's a fair chance the, the swine wasn't the only one that was cheeky. No, that's exactly right. A female wild boar with two babies had come out of the forest in search oh. for food. Um, she, they ate some pizza scraps. They're looking for dessert. They found a yellow bag, decided to take it away. Uh, inside the bag was a laptop. So the German sunbaker, and they do like going all natural over in the Germany, 
He uh, he tore across the park in chasing um, a, a boar, yeah, a wild I, boar. I was going to say they they do seem to have trouble uh, every now and then keeping their clothes on they over do there. That part of the world, they don't they? They, they, they? they don't mind a little bit of vitamin D. They see a bit of sun and they uh, they get all out there straight into the birthday suit. Straight into the birthday suit. <laughs> Very good. Love it. Hey, I've got a couple of jokes today as well. So oh, I just mate. you know we'll have a second. Hope they're better than my dad jokes. Oh well, in fact, there might be a couple of dad jokes just to sort of uh, you know. Even even up the dad joke tally. Oh, <laughs> Just, very good. So we'll have it. Uh, you've got to be joking. We'll do that a bit nice. later. So uh, nice. Anyway, all right. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, what are we gonna kick things off with? Now? Well, um, I've got a little what? story about um, a Mexican crime boss. If you'd oh, like to hear about that, is this Colombia? No, it's Mexico. Oh, this is Mexico. Mexico. Oh, over the, it's over the wall. Might have had some Colombia in it. Yeah. <laughs> Still, so, we um, Mexico as I'll well. I'll take you through this because it's an arrest of a crime boss in Mexico. Very good. Um, after receiving a tip that one of Mexico's top crime bosses never slept at the same place for two nights in a row, they all do this, yep. the crime bosses. Yep. They move around a yep. bit. Yeah, move around. Authorities cased four homes for 72 hours before a raid that led to the arrest of the capo known as El Maro. El Maro. El Maro. El Maro. And several of his associates. The capture on Sunday of alleged drug trafficker and fuel thief, Jose Antonio Yepes. I love the way they say alleged. Alleged. (laughs) Jose Antonio Yepes, who also goes by the mallet. The mallet? Yeah. El Maro is the mallet. Mallet. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a hard bastard. Yeah, well, <laughs> going with the fair, mallet. There's a fair chance that he's got that for the right reason. He's one of two bosses battling control of Juanjuato State, an industrial powerhouse clouded by gang wars. Mexican Defence Secretary Luis Crescencio Sandoval. Yeah. On Tuesday, said authorities were keeping an eye on four possible addresses when they got word that Yepes arrived at one of the homes in Juanjuato. Yepes, boss of the Juanajuato-based Santa Rosa de Lima Cartel, has been engaged in a struggle for supremacy in the state with the Jalisco New Generation Cartel. To capture Yepes, the government of President André Manuel López Obrador sent in two Cougar helicopters, unmanned drones and hundreds of soldiers. Another 1,000 state security sources were deployed. Authorities arrested six men and three women in the raids, including Yepes, and seized high and low grade weapons, a grenade launcher, of course, um, cash, and a kidnapped woman. (laughs) So, um, apologies to all our people uh, listening who are of Mexican descent because I've spelled all those words and my vocab, my Mexican vocab is probably not great, but. The highlight of reading that article was trying to pronounce those words, Scotty. Well, I was going to say, uh, I have a crack after two or three margaritas. Yeah. Yeah. Either get really good. (laughs) So the mallet. They're tough. They've got the mallet. They're the mallet, man. El Maru. So there you go. Yeah, they uh, just don't get those names by mistake, do they? We do like a Mexican and a Colombian crime story, don't we? And and, Remind me, yeah. where, where was it uh, a week ago? And I'm not sure whether we actually talked about it. I think we might have uh, briefly. But um, the plane that went down before it even got up. Well, that was... That was in Papua New Guinea. Oh, I was going to say Fiji, so, but um, not Fiji. The, yeah, the, and the great story around this, because I know a little bit about yep. um, planes and cargo through my son. Yes. 
And um, that was a perfectly executed um, clandestine event. They smuggled a guy into Papua New Guinea. They got the plane. Yep. And they're going to fly it, um, uh, you know, under the radar to Australia. Yep. But they put too much cargo in it, Scotty. Right. So they loaded it up with too much cocaine. Yep. And it took off and crashed because yep. it was too heavy. And apparently the runway was a fairly sort of makeshift. <laughs> so you would have thought if you're going to plan such an endeavour... You You'd have, get your mathematics right and your yeah, physics right, wouldn't reckon, you? Yeah, if there's anything you need to get right, I would have thought it was probably weight. Because you, you <laughs> don't want to have a heavy weight plane. and fuel might be too heavy important. Heavy planes don't go <laughs> don't, up in the air. Don't. They go down, Scotty. Well, they, uh, they might go up, but not for very not long. Not for very long. <laughs> they come back down because, guess what? We have gravity. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Oh, very good. Well, I mean, it, they just continue to try and find ways, don't they, to... Yeah. Um, uh, get their drugs in and out, or uh, as you say, th- that that was so. Th- far those guys clearly not part of a Mexican drug cartel. No, but I was going to say they really did fly under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, a little bit too far under the radar. Oh, no. Hey, can I talk to you about this? Is sort of a bit a, a bit of uh, a different one. This is about. Um, it's called a sign of the times, and it's all about uh, um, street names. Did yes. You, did you happen to see that? Well, I, I'm a fan of street names. Right. Um, so, especially when they're named after um, fallen Australian rock stars like ACDC Lane oh, or, or, or uh, Christina Amphlett Lane. Isn't there, uh, isn't there, wasn't there something named after David Bowie? Is it Bowie Crescent? I don't know. It might be. <laughs> I think, you I might have made that up. No, no, no. Well, if I have, I'll uh, try and paint it. But. Um, no, I got a feeling. Uh, You'd go with was, Ziggy Lane, wouldn't you? Yeah, there was, but I or think Stardust Crescent. Yeah, it, it might. It might have not been Bowie itself, but it might have been one of the names of one of his mm. tracks. But I, you can go and have a look at mm. look at that up. There's something. There's something Bowie related where streets have been named. Uh, but this is a little bit closer to home. Um, try Carrum Downs. Um, <laughs> right. Well, it's a new um, suburb. Well, because I say it's understandable why uh, streets might be named after Victorian rivers, towns, or civic leaders. Um, but some themes are a tad more obscure. So uh, Callum of Carum Downs, uh, he points out that... So who was that? This is Callum. Oh, it wasn't Karen. No. No, Callum. Karen! <laughs> oh, haven't the Karens having a yeah. bad week again? Uh, no, this is Callum of Carum Downs. Uh, he points out there is a cluster of streets in Hampton Park named after American country and Western singers. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I thought this would get your attention. Yes. You'll, find, uh, you'll find streets named Cash. Johnny, yes, Johnny. Uh, Wynette. Wynette. Tammy. Tammy. Uh, Klein. Patsy, Patsy, Denver, John, John Conway, Twitty, Twitty Conway. and Robbins, Marty, Marty Robbins, uh, and Stan Lewin of Q notes Box Hill has several streets named after rivers in Britain and Ireland. Thames, Seven, Medway, Mersey, Tyne, Shannon and Clyde. Yes. Approximately, uh, appro- sorry, appropriately enough, the floral-sounding town of Violet Town by street names after flowers is Anne-Marie Greenway of uh, Gurumbat, uh, Gurumbat, I beg your pardon, mentions including Primrose Lilac, uh, d- um, uh, Dahlia, Rosy Tulip, uh, Crocus, Iris, Orchard, Rose and Lily. Uh, Graham of Rosebud. Rosebud. He he calls in. <laughs> Graham of Rosebud. Um, figure streets in an estate in Rye must have been named by a golf enthusiast because they are called Thompson, Peter, uh, Backley, Doug, 
Sh- uh, Sharazen, Jean, Hogan, Ben, uh, St Andrews, Fairway, and Niblick. Niblick? Yes. Now, would that be in the estate where the old Sorrento it public would, golf course used to be? Do you remember we used to play that? Oh, a very long time ago. When it was a Gee, golf course? Yeah. Now it's a housing yeah, estate. it was. And they're yep. cheek to jowl on that housing estate. Yeah. Now, that'll be the one. That'll be the one. So it'll be the same one. Yeah. Well, it? So, so it sort of goes from Sorrento, Sorrento Rye border almost. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Right on. It's um, from Hughes Road, wasn't it? In McRae, an old car buff obviously has had his way naming of the streets with an estate, um, Graham adds. There is Austin, Riley, Hillman, Morgan, Armstrong, Bentley, Talbot, Daimler and Morris. Oh, cars. That's what. It's just the city of cars. Uh, the Essendon names came from Newbrick, <laughs> who supplied the bricks to most of the estate and were sponsored of the Essendon Football Club at the time. <sighs> really? <laughs> I always wanted to live in Vanderhaar Avenue. Having been an Essendon supporter all of my life, that was as close to heaven as I could or will get. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, we might go. come back to those after the Well, break. no, that's it. You haven't got any more no, of those? That was it. It's like um, living around this area. It's, we could rename a few um, streets, couldn't well, we? Well, yes. Yeah, Lockett Way and oh, yeah, Harvey yeah, Avenue you'd have and to, wouldn't you? yep. Lenny Hayes Drive. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, all of that. We, we, could, we could tidy it up now. Tidy it up now. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Well, we're going to take a break. Right and uh, coming good. off the break will be the yep. first of many songs you're going to hear today about remedies and medicine and drugs and all the things around vaccines. Brilliant. Talk to you soon. Okay. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block outlines, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design, for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Drugs, endangered wildlife, weapons, child pornography and illicit tobacco. You never know what criminals will try to import or export from our country. Crime Stoppers Victoria and Australian Customs and Border Protection Service are working closer than ever to put a stop to this. But we need your help. If you have any information on illegal activity, whether it's happening in Victoria or crossing our borders, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or visit crimestoppers.com.au. See you, Mum and Dad. Thanks for dinner. You know, the good thing about my family, apart from the awesome food, is we can talk about anything. Even the convos that are a bit uncomfortable, like tonight when we talked about organ and tissue donation. It's an important thing to discuss because while it only takes a minute to register at donatelife.gov.au, the next important step is telling your family and mates that you want to be a donor. So why not say yes to donation? This project is sponsored by the Organ and Tissue Authority. Southern FM. The sounds of the Bayside.
Scotty. The boom. surprise finish there. The surprise finish. <laughs> boom, ba, boom, Good track. boom. Good track. Remedy by the Black Crows yep. there from the early 90s. Yep. Oh, and a bit of feedback oh, in yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Just and, to let uh, you know it's real. That's straight in your wheelhouse, the early 90s yep. stuff. I know Absolutely. when I play that, yep. uh, yeah, I catch no, your attention. Uh, it's got me. I'm, I'm, I was in the middle of reading something, uh, but I, uh, I got lost halfway through because I was listening intently to the music. Yes, so, yes. no, I like that. We like, the, that, we like, the like that stuff. Now, uh, all good stuff. Uh, I'm playing songs today about remedies and drugs and cures and vaccines and all those things because that's coming. Are we close? We remain ever hopeful. Are we, uh, is there something? There's, is there there's, something just around the Corner. There's some, there will be something around the corner. Yeah. All is not. I read lost. something yesterday that uh, something to do with um, the flu. Somebody reckons that there is a vaccine that has been adapted for the flu that might just need tweaking a little bit, and that she might uh, just step up and 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 get us home. Well, let's hope so, mate. Because, yeah, I know. Uh, because we're all over it. But yeah, uh, we are. I, I, I wanted totally. to do uh, something a little bit, uh, something that will warm the cockles of your heart, oh, Scotty. Is this like a just a, a little uh, a, a little scotch, um, a little uh, a little scotch a little, uh, piece you're going to give me that just warms you up when you have yes, a little sip? Correct. A little. Uh, right. What, what it is? He's going to get my words out today. <laughs> some little some little letters written by um, students. Oh, this is one about the kids. Yeah, about the kids. Great. Awesome. The young kids. Love written it. Written letters from lockdown. Do you know why? Because they're so. Beautifully, brutally honest. Well, far oh, better written than really? many, many others. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I'm I, I wanted to write, read a couple of things. Just going to sit back and listen with joy. I, that some of them are, are mildly amusing, <laughs> but some <laughs> of them are just beautiful, right? Yeah, good. So here's a, here's a little one from Max. He's age eight. Yep. And he, he, he goes, my dog makes me laugh. <laughs> he goes... Will there ever be a vaccine? I miss my friends. I feel lonely. Being in this situation makes me think more about the pets and how they are. It's a bit of a double-edged sword for them. Big word for oh, I was going to say double-edged Gee. sword. They Come certainly, on, Max. They certainly get... I, I'm, yeah. so I've, I'm tipping someone's uh, proofread and uh, just clean up the English. <laughs> Mum's just spelling. out of the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They certainly get more attention, but then they go out less. My dog, Ruby, makes me laugh and keeps me cheerful in lockdown. It is stricter than last time, and I hope it is helping a bit more. And no, I'm not tired of it if it helps get this under control. That's oh, Max. Gee whiz. Vote, pretty good, vote, Max. Vote one Max for prison. Yeah, correct. <laughs> this is from Louise, who's seven. She yeah. goes, oh, on the 31st of July, I turned seven. I asked for a COVID cake. My auntie made one for me. It was green in the shape of a hill with lollies stuck on to show the spikes and germs. I loved my COVID cake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that because it's just, you know, it's... it's Who not, doesn't want a bit of cake to make oh, you feel a bit A bit better. of COVID cake. This is from uh, Biliana, who's six. Biliana. That's an interesting name. Don't get me started. Uh. Um, I feel a bit sad that I can't see my friends and I really miss the monkey bars. Remember monkey bars, Scotty? Oh, yeah, mm. and calluses. I was thinking about monkey bars through the week when I was watching that Ninja Warrior. Gee, Don't they go all right? I tell you what, how's the core strength of some of those dudes? <laughs> get, get on to that. Yeah. Uh, but she goes on, she's off, she misses the monkey bars, but I feel happy that I can read lots of books. Right. Good I've girl. even read a 12-chapter book in a day. Wow. Pretty good for yeah. a six-year-old. Yeah, damn good. I have been happy, though, because I have a treehouse to read in, and my cat is at school. I'm a bit tired of home learning because I've done it for more than 10 weeks. For a survival tip, (laughs) survival tip from a six-year-old, 
For a survival Come tip, on. if you feel a bit sad, talk to someone, call a friend, or ask your teacher a question. Oh, has she got the number for, for helpline as well? Does she manage to look that up? I or? Think that's fantastic. Yeah, that she's that's got survival good. tips. No, good got on two her. more. I've got two more. Yep. Yeah. No. Um, bring them on. This is from Yana, age seven. I'm doing homeschooling because of COVID 19. Mm-hmm. I'm not very happy about it, <laughs> but I am history. Uh, we are now up to stage four. Yeah. It is very draining. For thank heaven's sake, I'm sorry I am swearing, oh. but if you were in a pandemic, you will be swearing every day just like me. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> She's uh, gone. She, she, she did better thank, thank heaven's sake. God, well, swear jar at her place must be full. I mean, the problem is our lives are so totally and utterly consumed by this thing that the kids can't the kids can't escape it. You know, mum and dad will be talking about it. Yeah. Friends will be talking about it. You can't see your friends. You can't go to school. You can't catch the bus. You, you know, they they can't not really get a decent my last sense one. of it. Yeah, right. My last one's from Isaac, who's ten. Okay, and he goes remote learning two point zero has been an atrocious disadvantage. It's a big word for a 10-year-old, atrocious. Yeah. But disadvantages have advantages, like I get to sleep more and spend time with my family more. (laughs) Right. The disadvantages are my laptop constantly goes flat Um. and I get into more arguments with my family. (laughs) Here are my survival tips for remote learning. Oh. One, I play with Lego when I have free time. I recommend that to everybody. Yeah, I reckon too. Two, I get things done quickly so I have the rest of the day to play. Very, (laughs) very good use of time. Good time management. (laughs) Three, for my last tip, I always try to be happy. Fantastic advice so they've from a written 10-year-old. Because so, somebody's obviously prompted them with the question, what is your survival tip? So it's not that they might have made that up themselves, potentially. Well, I mate, mate, I don't know. You're if you're having a bad day, yeah. I think there's a couple of tips in here. Yeah. Get things done quickly so you can go and play. Play. <laughs> play, play with Lego. Because Lego's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, no, I... I and always Lego. try to be happy. Words yeah. to live by. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, no, Isaac. Ten years old. Yep. No, so uh, we're in good hands with this generation, if the, if that's the way they're coping, Scotty. Yep, that's you know? true. And uh, so if you're a bit unhappy, play with Lego. And it's true though. Uh, it's you know well, do we, something creative. Well, you know, as adults, we're sort of you know can't do this, can't do that, and it's like, well, you know what, the, the tackers can't either. Yeah, you know, they, they can't have their mates around. And, well, you, you can know, you can I mean, do anything you want to do. It's just you're only limited by your own imagination. Yeah, well, that's true. You know? I mean, there's um, there must be a lot more group gaming going on. I would have oh, thought. Yeah, but you can do creative of... stuff. Yeah, that's right. Paint, draw, no, make no, stuff. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, I've we've uh, forgotten the art of you know amusing ourselves. I think that's true. Uh, I was only had that conversation with my youngest daughter today, mm. and I just said, you know, you just. Get out of the house. You don't have to walk down the street, but I said it's 16 degrees, the sun's out. Mm. Just do something outside for 10 minutes. Go and get, look up a little yoga program on your, on your laptop. Take it outside, get your mat out and get you, do, get you, do a some little core. bit of stretching and mm. you know, a bit of deep breathing and just lie out there. I said, you'll feel better. So I tell you what I've taken to doing. Is that lately. because you didn't have any Lego in the house, Scotty? Well, no, she's actually at, a, at another abode. So, uh, but you're right. I don't have any Lego in the yeah. house. So I reckon we got rid of all of our Lego years ago. We have gone, oh my god, we're going to do with all this Lego, and now I need it. <laughs> so I have to yeah, go. I've kept some. I tell you, I had, 
I wish. Well, I tell you what, I wish I kept my Meccano stuff. But oh, I, Yuri, I, so you were always a Meccano so, boy, yeah? Because I, well, so I had the original Meccano stuff, right? Yeah. So I had the, the metal stuff, yeah, the metal stuff with yeah. motors and yeah. winches and you know the whole nine yards. But I, um, uh, a, a bloke, you're a bit of a. Was it you or your dad had train sets? Oh, dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah so mate, that'd be great fun right now if you had a garage oh, set up with your train but set. But if, if I had the... Uh, I mean, was I was it a little bit like the Adams Family train set when oh, they'd run into each other and explode? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, if I actually managed to even get my hands on one I was doing well, oh. I had to put the white gloves on. Oh. Oh, no. Um very serious. When I've gone through, and I still have uh, a huge proportion of his collection, and um, nearly every single piece that he owns is still in its original box. Oh, very good. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, no. I was, I was slot cars. Oh yeah, yeah. Mattel. And... I was, yeah, no, no, the Scala Electrics. Oh, Scala so Electrics. So I, I had the yes. uh, Formula, like the Formula One cars. I had a couple of minis. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get into the AFX one, um, but I. <laughs> I do have to tell you this story. I bought a little... Uh, I happened to buy a little um, slot car set about mm, three, ago. three months ago, maybe, <laughs> possibly, uh, because my wife's uh, sister has two young... I said, when the boys come over, yeah. there's got to be something here to entertain yeah, them. Yeah, we'll try getting you off yeah, it. Yeah, we'll try get me off it, yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I've had a couple of cracks at that. But, now the scale electrics was good because the cars were pretty decent. You know, they were sort of, yeah, you know, four or five, six I remember those. used to fly off the track. Oh, yeah, a uh, big time. Yeah, so, uh, no, as long as you've got the room, that, that's always good fun. But Or, or the other one was, uh, what was the one with the plastic track? Yeah, that was Mattel. Was that, was that, uh, yeah, that had that another used to, name too. The, the, yeah, the yeah. orange trap. Yeah, the big used orange trap. Do the loop the loop and. Yeah, I, I, I might have bought some of that six months ago yeah, too. Yeah, we had a bit of that going I'll tell on. you what, I did. And uh, there was a woman selling some stuff. I, I seriously have a hundred cars. Yeah. And some track. And, and again, if, when the young blokes come over. And um, I paid. Fifteen, $15 or something for a hundred oh, yeah. cars. But my, my young what? fella used to collect all that stuff. Oh, and mate, he, and he, um, we've, we've, we've put it all in storage because it'll be very useful one day because they're beautiful. He, he had the bigger ones. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful yep. cars. Yeah, no, no. No, I've got a couple of those uh, tucked away too. Mate, and as my dear old dad always said to me, never get rid of the box. Never get rid of the never box. Never get rid of the original box. I mean, in some of his locos, uh, I mean, seriously, you know, 90 percent would be in boxes and they've still got all the original paperwork that sits underneath that tells you how to grease and oil them oh. i mean he's got he he would have had locos there that he would have bought from england would have taken the better part of four to six months to get here and he's never taken them out of the box what are you going to do with them uh, that's a big question isn't it yeah we're going to move some on yeah. um it, it, the, and the problem is uh it it just they're too good just to be left in a box, yeah. you know, and then and then what? You, you want know? to see them on you, a track, They actually need to be run. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, there you go. So right. well, a little bit of letters from lockdown. Oh, I like that. Good on you, A bit of kids. Lego work, well all done. that sort of Brightening stuff. Brightening our day a bit. Um, we'll take a little break, Scotty. All right. And hear from our sponsors. Okay. 
Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. The Maiden International T20 100 and it's a sublime knock from Elisa Healy. Hi, I'm Elisa Healy. You might know that I play for the Australian women's cricket team, but you might not know that I've also studied marine biology. While it's exciting to whack on the baggy green and get out on the field, putting on some scuba gear and getting out in the field is just as exciting. This National Science Week, discover just how exciting science can be by getting involved in one of the hundreds of online events at scienceweek.net.au. In times like these, you can watch your favourite artists from the comfort of your living room, from their home to yours. But when it comes to the real thing, it takes an army of workers to help put a concert on. They can't work right now, but they're ready and waiting to do it all again. Until then, you can support the artists and the crew behind the scenes by donating to Support Act. Support Act, the heart and hand of Australian music. Too many people with a mental health condition see no way out. Eight people die by suicide each day in Australia. Three million are living with anxiety or depression. Beyond Blue Support Service is here to help. Your donation can help save lives.
Don't often play, uh, don't often hear me uh, playing Huey Lewis on the say, news. It's Scotty. a little bit of Huey coming from that side <laughs> of the glass. It's a little going, bit FM for me. I was, but, about uh, to, uh, I was about to ring the medics and get them to come in and take your temperature and just make sure you're feeling okay. But it's in the theme. It's I want in a new the drug. realm of what you've uh, created for today. And so. we do want a new drug. We want it now. We yeah, want to we we get Straight away, thanks, yeah. so we can uh, get everybody looked after. Now, Scotty, I don't know if this is going to work, but um, I think we're just I've, we're I've, trying to get to a press. We're conference, trying to get to we? a press conference. Yeah. We'll just see if this works or not. All right. So it was a recording that uh, that we managed to pick up earlier today, and uh, you're no, gonna... it's not really coming through. Yeah. No. no. Any other way that you think we might be able to get our listeners to share with that? Maybe if you pull the cord out and just uh, hold it up to the speaker, or we might be able to take it that way. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what we can do, mate. We might, uh, because it was, um, I think there was some, uh, there the, some important announcements. There we go. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can just take it this way. It's, uh, right. it's, a, new, it's a new press conference. Okay. Mr. Andrews, you that since you've been wearing the North Face jackets, they haven't sold a jacket. Uh, no, I'm not. North Face have said if you keep wearing the jackets, they'll be forced to close. No one wants that. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Yeah, How long do you plan on wearing these jackets? Uh, I've made it very clear to the Prime Minister and to my National Cabinet colleagues that that'll be until further notice. Exactly how many North Face jackets do you have? Uh, 1,484. Why did you buy so many jackets? Uh, it's not an opportunity to go shopping each and every day. How did you get so many jackets? Not through good luck. Can you talk us through all of the stores you've cleared out of jackets? Right across metropolitan Melbourne and Mitchell Shire, and indeed right across our state. <laughs> Why did you buy so many jackets? North Face say you only need one good jacket per winter. These next six weeks are not an ordinary winter. Are the jackets comfortable? Not a matter of comfort or discomfort. Mr Andrews, I've got to ask again, why did you buy so many jackets? Uh, because that's what I have to do. Uh, we have got to get beyond this. Uh, Mr Andrews, you're aware that since you've been wearing the North Face jackets, they haven't sold a jacket. Uh, no, I'm not. North Face have said if you keep wearing the jackets, they'll be forced to close. No one wants that. Oh, I think we're uh, on uh, a loop there. I think, well, what, an in, uh, what a press conference that was. I, I'm not sure uh, Mr Andrews was expecting that line of questioning. It might no, have been uh, about the jacket. More, <laughs> more in line with... Uh, how our uh, case is going and how many people might be in hospital, but no, it was, uh, appears as though there was a fairly strong emphasis on uh, North Face. He's, he's the eponymous uh, North Face jacket. Oh, I tell you, hey, I, I came across something quite amusing the other day, um, and uh, it's, it goes along the lines of um, now, you've got to be very careful. Don't let staff at the um, at the supermarket uh, scan your forehead uh, to check your check your temperature. Why not? And I'll tell you what, it erases your memory. That's right, really? Yeah. yeah, I went in for bread and milk and I came out with gin, wine and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! There's a couple of there's a couple of sort of funny gags going around, and I and in fact that might be my little segue just to share some more with you, if that's all right. And um, yeah, we've had a we've had a bit of a, a funny piece with Dan, so we'll keep going. It's, Dad uh, jokes. Well, it, it might be. I just thought, you know what, we we need to sort of keep it light and bright. So I went and did some research as we do, <laughs> and I came up with a there, there was a little bunch of um, uh, funny two liners. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, okay. I, mean, Hit me with know, I mean, you know, a good joke's a quick joke. Yes. So, you know, um, so anyway, uh, I told my wife she was drawing her eyebrows too high. She looked surprised. <laughs> 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 uh, 
and the and the Lord uh, said unto John, um, "Come forth, and you'll receive eternal life." Um, John came fifth and won a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I threw a boomerang a few years ago. Uh, I now live in constant fear. (laughs) (laughs) My wife accused me of being immature. I told her to get out of my fort. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You don't need a parachute to go skydiving. You need a parachute to go skydiving twice. And then there was uh, there was a couple of just little hey yeah uh, they're not a they're not a huge improvement on no my I was going to say that no the they're, week, no, they're not but I will tell you what uh, stand by because this caught my fancy I have to be a bit careful there's uh, there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of blue in here but not too bad so no, well we, uh, uh, do we need this strong one? language work. oh no I mean it's all current day vernacular but anyway um Sydney are business partners. And uh, Sid, Sid Sid and Irv, uh-huh. as in Irving or Irvin or right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. Sid and Irv, they're business partners, these dudes. And they make a deal that whichever one dies first will contact um, the other one living uh, living in the afterlife. All right. Yes. All right. So, yes. anyway, Irv dies. Irv. Yeah. Did he die? Did he, did he die? Yeah, did he? Yeah, yeah. So, Irv's gone. Um, Sid doesn't hear from him for about a year and figures that there is no, uh, no afterlife. Uh, and then one day he gets a call. Not quite sure how he gets the call, but he gets a call. Yep. Um, it's Irv. It's Irv. So there is an afterlife. What's it like, Sid asked. Well, I sleep very late. I get up. I have a big breakfast. I then have sex. Lots of sex. I then go back to sleep. Uh, but I get up for lunch. I have a big lunch. I uh, have some more sex. Take a nap. I have a huge dinner. Uh, more sex. <laughs> go to sleep. Wake up the next day. Oh, my God, said Sid. So that's what uh, heaven is like. Oh no, says Irv. I'm not in heaven. I'm a bear in Yellowstone Park. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, just sort uh, of very uh, good. I, I tell you what, it's I've never heard it, and that's what I thought it just tickled my fancy a bit. That, bear um, jokes. Yeah, but I tell you what, let me let me just finish with uh, let me just finish with this one. So um, it's the World Cup final, and a man makes his way to his seat right next to the pitch. He sits down, noticing that the seat next to him is empty. He leans over and asks his neighbour if someone will be sitting there. No, says the neighbour. The seat is empty. Uh, this is incredible, said the man. Who in their right mind would have a seat um, like this for the final and not use it? Mm. The neighbour says, well, actually, that seat belongs to me. Uh, I was supposed to come with my wife, but she passed away. Uh, this is the first World Cup we won't have been together since we got married. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's terrible. Uh, but couldn't you find somebody else, uh, a friend or a relative or even a neighbour, to take a seat? The man shakes his head and says, no, <clears throat> they're all at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But yes. anyway, there you go. That is a bit of an oldie. It's an oldie, but a goodie. But, a goodie. Yeah, but uh, there we go. A couple of little gags just to... Bust up the uh, bust up the routine. Like so. a gag. What have you got, old son? Well, I want to talk to you about the bikies. Oh I yeah, come love on. the bikies. Yeah, now they're uh, they're getting up they're getting up a, a bit of a head of steam lately, aren't well, they? Hey? Well, they are, and yeah. to, this is this is to the point of the article. Bikey business is booming, Scotty. Yeah, right. Absolutely booming. Oh, Bikey membership is boomed over the past decade as clubs put wealth and greed ahead of recruitment standards. Federal police claim. Now, now, it's not a, not a couple of words you often hear. What bikey and gangs and recruitment standards. 
Is there a manual? Well, do you have to go through seek.com or something to join the gang? Is there a, man, a manual now? Oh, is there an OH and S form you've got to right. fill in? <laughs> to go for an interview. Do you have to have training wheels on your motorbike first? <laughs> to get your CV right. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I love it. Anyway. Love um, it. Anyway, uh, anti-bikey police. There's a there's a there's a there's a thing called an anti-bikey police. Anyway, right. um, the rising numbers reflected clubs shifting um, their focus away from simply motorcycle riders. Yep. You know, yeah, recreational yeah. motorcycle yeah, riders, we- weekend dudes, to uh, serious and often profit-driven crime. Right. The AFP, Australian Federal Police, um, estimates there are about 38 outlaw motorcycle gangs in Australia. Wow. Comprising 500 chapters, 4,800 members, and 1,000 prospects. So a prospect, <laughs> oh, Scotty. you're a prospect. Is a, is a recruit who have yet to win their colours. Ah, uh, yes. Being their jacket and their... Well, yeah. all the Cartoon, insignia. Cartoons all over their... Correct. Onkaparingas or something, is it? Correct. Colours. Colours, yep. Um... Uh, so that's a 50% increase since 2007. 50%. It's a big number. That's huge. Key drivers of this growth include increased wealth, increased capability, territory to control, and exploitation of Australia's illicit economies. Yeah. Outlaw, so- outlaw motorcycle gangs are involved in all levels of the illicit drug environment from manufacturer to street sales and the subsequent money laundering. Yeah. Historically, an Australian bikey was a middle-aged Caucasian male who genuinely enjoyed riding a motorcycle, not U- in, usually an American or European bike. And not in Lycra. No, <laughs> no not in Lycra. I think most of those middle-aged Caucasian males are now riding in Lycra. Yeah, that's right. On bikes those without engines. mammals. <laughs> Today, the clubs are made up of men from all backgrounds and ethnicities, and the ability to ride a motorbike isn't a prerequisite to oh. signing up. Oh, really? Existing connections to drug markets, a propensity for violence, inside knowledge of a rival club, they're the most attractive qualities clubs look for in prospective members oh, these it's, days. It's your networking. It's your network. <laughs> it's your little black book. It's your network. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, the average bikey is aged between 33 and 58. And uh, not surprisingly, Scotty, uh, four out of five have been arrested for violent offence in the past 30 years. Yep. One in five also had a profit-motivated offence on their criminal history. I saw For one. instance, drug supply. Yeah, exactly. A profit-motivated offence. Well, I've got two parts to this that I need to ask you. Yep. First of all, is, um, is is that where the saying OMG comes from? Uh, outlaw Motorcycle Gang? It's OMCG. OMCG. Outlaw Motorcycle Gang. But, yeah, my reference was instead of, oh, my God, it's Outlaw Motorcycle Gang. And the other one was, if I wasn't mistaken, there was there was a raid in Melbourne, a suburb escapes me, think Port Melbourne. Yeah, think right. And there was a tow truck. And on the back of said tow truck was about a $450,000 Lamborghini. 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 So I just reckon it probably wasn't their end-of-year bonus that, that, <laughs> that he, that he was uh, managed to buy the Lambo. I, I would reckon it might have belonged to somebody else first. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So uh, oh, a thousand prospects God. who have yet to win their colours. Really? And they'll get, uh, they'll get their colours if they have... A network 
existing uh, connections, a propensity for violent behaviour. Wow, it's, how's um, that? It's hardly the right career, is it? No, no, no. It's not. It's a lot. Not a long career. No. No. Anyway, I just thought I'd keep you up to speed with that. No, that's very good. Interesting. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I mean, they're, they're literally in our backyard, you know. They're, um, they're really not far from the, uh, from the action uh, just around town generally. So um, anyway, it's an interesting world and they make some interesting choices. Yep. So um, all right, where are we going from here? Where's the, where is our next ladder that we are climbing going to take well, us? Well, I, I wanted to um, just uh, segue from that into uh, the Royals again. Oh, okay. In a while. Um, but yeah. um, you probably did notice. So we've gone of... from outlawed to outed. Correct, correct. <laughs> right on, well, and this this is a little piece uh, entitled, Is It Time for a Royal Flush? Oh. <laughs> and not of the card variety. Right. This is more of the toilet system variety. Oh, this is, uh, hang on to your and This is off the back of, of, of clearly the, um, the, the, the cabinet papers that have come out in the last couple of weeks showing the Queen... Involved in the Governor General's decision to you know, uh, depose yes. Gough Whitlam. Yes, yeah. I'm, no? I'm aware of it. Uh, what did she say? I'm a, I'm aware of it, but really try to keep it at arm's length. Mm. Um, and this is a lovely piece. It was written a while back. It says, "There's one fact about Australian life I cannot justify to befuddled foreigners, and that is we are not led by an Australian." Yep. Huh? Yep. In these ap- apocalyptic days of fires and plagues, as nationalists and morons stride the world stage in ill-fitting suits, it feels churlish, even ungrateful, to mention that the very nice lady in Natty Pastels <laughs> is in charge of our country. <laughs> <laughs> the recent release of the palace letters from the time of Gough Whitlam's dismissal was the inconvenient reminder we all needed. Whenever the topic of the Queen comes up over here, I try the usual line. She's technically head of state, but she doesn't really do anything. The Commonwealth Games are great, but even as I say it, I see confusing, how confusing this arrangement is to outsiders. Do you think she cares? I don't know what the motivation for keeping the historical Commonwealth nations together serves. Frankly, I mean, she she's very, very much a traditionalist in terms of you know. There, there's not many things that you know the, the way they were done have been changed or altered, other than you know either by health or um, you know something else that has been unfactored. Because so, she's quite the um, quite the the, the process driven. So and that's why I'm just saying. But deep down, do, do you know what? Do you get to 94 and go, oh, that enough? <laughs> I'm a bit tired. Well, uh, look, I don't think no, anybody's like... having a crack against the Queen because, as as a leader goes, as a, as a Queen goes, she'd be, you know, oh. she's brave. She's a public servant. She's one of the best in history. She, she's she's worked hard at it. She, as you say, she's ninety four and still going. Yep. She's she's probably the best advertisement you know we've seen for a stiff upper lip and you know a corgi and a G and T. Um, but um, I think it's time, Scotty. I think it might be time for us to change up the head of state and um, just, just make a little bit of a change. I think the nationalists and the Republican movement are probably going to see a little bit of resurgence after after those letters were released Where- because it doesn't make any sense to have the future... Well, some of the decisions made in our country um, made by a 94-year-old lady in Natty Pastels, uh, who is our head of state. 
Um, when was our when was the uh, referendum held? Was it nineteen ninety eight? Nineteen ninety nine. Was it ninety nine? So right. it's almost twenty years ago, yeah. more longer than twenty yeah. years ago. I reckon it's time to have another crack. It's time to have another crack, and there's a couple that are available if we really want to go down that sort of Queen and and thing, and and that's. Um, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, or the ex-Duke and Duchess, Harry and Meghan, they're available. So yeah. if we want to invite them to come over to Sydney and act as King and Queen of Australia, yeah, they're available. I heard yesterday she's pregnant again. Mm. Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Mm. Alternatively, mm. Nick Rewalt would make a good king. Oh, absolutely. Oh. He should just be the king of everything. Yeah, sure. Boomba, he's, the he's city, <laughs> Australia, you know, Southeast Asia. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's um, probably time to have a revisit of that. Anyway, just I thought, um, just thought I'd, I'd yeah, put I, that out there, Scotty. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Throw it up to the net, yeah, see no, if no, you no. want to volley it. No, 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 I'm with you. No, I'm, I'm hitting it back. Yep, yep, absolutely. And while I'm at it, um, I'm going to, you know, staying on topic here. Oh, and actually, we might take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back after this, and I'll, I'll launch into this next topic. Just right. a quick word from our sponsor. Right. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians, and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. We just like to. Sandringham to South Yarra. You're listening to Southern FM. Just like to give a bit of extra value for our sponsors on our show, Scotty. Just to chuck in a couple of extra ads for them. Uh, Lovely. Uh, Because it is coming into spring and uh, some of those creative shades and designs are going to be particularly useful. Behind Mr. Tooley Mm. and his uh, business and his uh, fantastic product that he's got. And uh, they are great sponsors of uh, the station and and our program. And uh, get down and. Get around him, as they say, and uh, go and give him some support. Now, I did notice an article in the paper today that suggests that state governments are holding Australia back. Now, the reason it drew my attention is I've been a long been an advocate of we're over-governed as a totally. nation. Yep. Right? Yep. Too many layers. Too many layers of government. So we've got, totally obviously, agree. federal, state, and local, and I think we, sh- we could do without one of them. And this article is suggesting the state government is probably the appropriate level to remove. So if you had a pyramid, and mm. the pyramid was federal, mm. and the bottom was local, yeah. if you actually turn the pyramid up the other way, that's how it should look. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Correct. So um, basically his contention is that coronavirus has exposed the absurdity of our antiquated political system. It's time we had a referendum on the future of state and territory government. Totally agree. Here, here. Um, We'd save so, a fortune. So, you know, and, and the evidence of this is that is the COVID response, which clearly was very cohesive at the national level for some time, and he brought together the states and the territories early days in a solidarity uh, to deal with the crisis. Um, but it's gone pear-shaped um, because um, all the governments have gone and done their own thing. Andrews is off doing his own thing and he's blaming the federal government for the aged care scandal and that's our problem not here not the federal government's because he's dropped the ball on all the security and all the rest of it yep um and then he his government the the health minister refuses to answer anything and they don't want to front up and explain what's going down so they're they're going down one part you've got the queensland paris uh, premier which is um palajek i can't remember how to pronounce her name but she's going around on, a, on her own, Ray, you've got, as you said before, the WA government's doing their own thing. Yep, and yep. 
the Gladys yeah. in New South Wales, she's doing her own thing. Everybody's um, rowing in their own direction. Everyone's rowing in their yeah. own boat. So yeah. where's the cohesive response? Yeah. And and this and it's it's true of nat- matters of infrastructure, um, even national security. How does Andrew Andrews go and cozy up to the Bilton Road project with China? when it's against the federal government's wishes. It's yep. just absurd, yep. right? Yep. So it's time that we it's we, we, we cut out a layer of government, which will reduce our taxes totally. as well, because totally. we're just propping up these public services. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. So um, so I think it's a, it's, a, a, it's a great article, and I think it's, um, you know, you've got examples of education, which is done differently in every state for no apparent reason. Yep. Uh, health, hospitals, roads... All these things are national infrastructure projects that should be run. I don't mind having a bigger federal government. I don't mind that at all. No problem. But let's get the big... I mean, we're too small a country to have uh, state governments. It's ridiculous. 100%. We, we're like about the state of California. Yeah. Right? It's about yeah, yeah. how big we are in terms of population. Yeah. So, um, so let's... Um, I'm with we you need to get all a, the get, way, mate. It might be time to get rid of this, um, or at least review um, this current situation and, um, and maybe... Have, have another view because I think we are overgoverned as just, a nation. Just challenge it. Just challenge let's the process. Have a debate. So let's. So there's two things I want to get off the table. This is a big show. This mate, Catalyst for Change. I want a republic. Yep. And I want to remove a lay, yeah, layer of government. Well, I'll tell you what. There uh, you go. You've got my two, two smoking you've guns. Got, you've got my two votes. The views of Andrew Rutter are not the views <laughs> of Southern FM. They are the views of the Two Smoking Guns Radio Program. A hundred percent. But I mean, you that. know, but but somebody write the blueprint of what else it could look like. Correct. You know, just do it. Yeah. And then debate it. Correct. Anyway, no. I'm right or wrong. I just want to put it up there for a chat. No, nah, mate, I'm with you. Hey, uh, I read something a, a little bit uh, disturbing on a um, on another note, but it, it potentially goes back to um, uh, in- inability to sort of you know manage something well. Uh, I got very concerned when I read a, a piece called "Aussie Soldier: A Gun for Hire." Officer went rogue. Now. Now, when you is, talk- this, is this about, um, um, what's his name? No. So there is another piece about him today, right? Because th- there's still an allegation, which he firmly denies, that he murdered somebody in Afghanistan. So this is old mate who now lives up in Brisbane, right? Um, purple, so, you know, um, Victoria Cross. Yeah, is it Ian Bailey Roberts, is that his name? Roberts. Roberts, yeah. Captain Roberts. Captain Roberts. Um, and there is now an allegation that he's very, very close to his uh, lawyer. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, female lawyer. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, very close. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So, Just taking um, briefings in, inside? Yeah, 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 her briefing. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I don't even know where that piece is going, but I just read this and I read a decorated former Special Forces soldier. So this is no just plod, right? No slouch, Special so Forces, this is, mate. this is Robert's territory, mm. right? Um, uh, he claims he was deployed into, a- into Afghanistan and um, it was so dull and poorly supervised he was able to go rogue and loan himself out to foreign uh, armies for Taliban kill missions. Wow. So, uh, hello, I'm free. Um, I'm available. Yeah, I've got a gun and a couple of bullets, yep. and, uh, and the boys over here don't really mind if I come and do this because they actually don't know, and um, they haven't asked me. So, uh, the ADF... I just do it by the hour. So My hourly rate's quite high. Yeah, about $8,000 a second. Yeah. Uh, so, he's referred to... Um, he is the former 2nd Commander Regiment Warrant Officer, referred to as 
H. <laughs> uh, no, so so he's, yeah, uh, he's, he's, his yeah, identity so is he's just H. He's, he's protected yeah, at yeah, the minute. Very good. Um, and uh, it's made in a podcast series in which he reveals the lengths he went to to take uh, his war off the books. His recordings pr- provide a rare insight into the culture and missions of the special forces at a time and at the operations uh, under scrutiny by federal authorities over potential war crimes. Among the claims was how, when he arrived in Afghanistan with the ADF, he bought a phone and a laptop on the black market and created a Hotmail account to spruik for foreign force missions. So there's a seek.com to, in the war. Right, you can actually go. I oh, know it's called high pages. You go and post your job. Um, yeah, we need uh, we need a sniper. Uh, we need a tank driver. <laughs> so he's gone. He's, he's a regular entrepreneur. He's, he's gone and posted himself to spruit for to go and do missions for other people. Um, he details on the popular uh, Life on the Line military veterans podcast series how he then fudged his way into coalition operational security briefings and went on um, unsanctioned Australian missions with counterpart forces, including um, from Italy, Germany, Canada, and local Afghans for up to three weeks in the month. Does it ever occur to you, Scotty, that um, the reason he might have done those missions off the books is the those in charge might not have wanted to know what he was doing? Well, uh, Because the normal rules of society do not apply in war. No, no, I get and that. And they might have wanted him to be off the books because they wanted to go, la, 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 nothing to see here. Oh, it just so happened that he's gone and knocked off the Taliban leader. Oh, that wasn't sanctioned by us, yep. but thanks for that. No, 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 I hear you, and uh, that that's highly palatable. Mm. Um, and it's sort of this next piece here is, uh, according to H, the now head of the Army, Lieutenant General Rick Burr, who was a commander in Afghanistan at the time, eventually discovered by accident his off-books war fighting when foreign forces asked the general for more Aussie troops like yeah, H. We like, we like him. Yeah, we like H. Has he got, he got some brothers and comrades that... Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Because uh, he I, just gets the job yeah, done. Yeah, because I think uh, mm. when our boys go in, they, they don't come out until things are done. Mm. And, uh, and maybe the others aren't as talented as what our boys might be, uh, albeit in a war scenario. But anyway... Uh, yeah, Allegedly. 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 So Allegedly. anyway, that, uh, that might have proved to be uh, financially beneficial for the young man. Yeah, I think uh, so. He might. I think there's a market for everything in come, life, Scotty. Come home and retire, possibly. But there's a market for everything. Anyway, some things that happen in war zones just should stay in war zones, I think. Um, well, I haven't... Yeah, so it's not... Yeah, I think we... It's not as cut and dry. I'm not going to talk about the other one that was on the paper the other day about Robert Smith, but um, I don't think the no. ordinary rules of society apply for war zones, but anyway. Yeah, it's a bit different. Hey, um, did you know... Did you know that an America, America's spy agency had plans for a nuclear-powered Cold War drone to carry long-range missiles over the Soviet Union, Red China and Cuba, according to declassified documents? This is in the, the 60s and the 70s. This is their version of the paper, you know, the papers that come out of, out of um, quarantine. Right. Project Aqualine, a buzzard-shaped prototype, was developed in the 60s, tested in the 70s, and it was the first model using a silent-running conventional engine, CIA documents say. Right. And um, it was packed with cameras, recording devices. It had a 1.5-metre wingspan, top speed of 148K. And it was developed um, after a U-2 spy plane was shot down over the Soviet Union in 1960. Right. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, the, the 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 files released this week show the CIA proposed to buy 18 drones for flying up to 24 annual missions, offering almost completely surreptitious penetration. Yeah, well, I mean, that's huh? the sophistication of these things now, well, too, isn't it? I mean, these days. I mean, it, but, they don't even worry about that. They've got all the satellites in the air. They can tell you um, what, what colour the traffic lights are well, and, uh, and, in every in every street corner in Moscow. And um, they've got all the um, the computer power now to, 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 to back it up. But you could almost have a uh, man-powerless... Uh, uh, aff- well, a man-powerless offensive across mm. the board. I mean... Planes that fly themselves, drones, tanks that drive themselves, you know, you actually won't need, and you just make a robot and send him in. Yeah, you, correct. You, you know, human, don't need humans don't won't need be required. Him we uh, won't need them in war anymore. No, well, only in places where you can actually go and drop a bomb. Yeah. Right? Um, and speak, not speaking of bombs as such, but how dreadful was um, was that explosion the other day? Ammonia nitrate. Did you, uh, the, the, I mean... I, I actually heard people talking about it before I actually saw the footage myself, and they, you know, they started to describe uh, the mushroom cloud. And but by goodness, that was one heck of an impact of um, of some uh, serious amount of um, kaboom stuff. Well, it's uh, serious, um, serious stuff that ammonium nitrate, as yep. you as you witnessed. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, and it was, uh, uh, stored there for over ten, twelve years. Yeah. And they kept uh, questioning why it was being stored there. and hmm. Next to their uh, wheat stock in the silos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gone. So it's a very sad story because it yeah, killed, killed a lot of people. Yeah, it did. It's, uh, that's, uh, that's a dreadful story. Now, um, can I share with you there is uproar, absolutely uproar. Um, people are seeing red over green ladies. Do you know what I'm talking about? State taxpayers might end up forking out $30,000 to fund two green lady pedestrian lights. Oh, traffic lights. So our stick man yeah. is about to get the Tijuana. Oh, no. Yes. Why? So uh, anyway, so um, uh, it's been proposed by an inner city council. A greens uh, council, perhaps? Well... The city of Yarra. Yeah. Yeah. Yarra. 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 The city of Yarra. The city of Yarra wants to honour Victoria's first female councillor, Mary Rogers, with the measures um, on the uh, centenary of her 1920 election. A tribute to Miss Rogers featuring an illuminated female figure already operates in Bridge Road, Richmond. Oh, there you go. Did you know that? That's that's good. I didn't know. Uh, But the council wants two more. Such uh, crossings in Smith Street, Collingwood, and St George's Road, Fitzroy. Each is estimated to cost fifteen thousand nah, dollars. Look, I could do a stencil Mate, for them. It's a lot cheaper yeah, than dollar fifty. Yeah, yeah. It's that's just what a I stencil reckon. over a red yeah, light. Yeah, hello. Each estimated to cost fifteen uh, uh, grand. Uh, with a report calling for council to seek funding from Planning Minister. Uh, Richard Wynn and Equality so, Minister Martin Foley. So what are they? They're not the normal stick figures. It's like the nineteen a photo of a nineteen twenties woman in sort of long dresses and hats, and that's what the that's what but the that's, ladies are going to be. That's just a stencil, isn't it's it? It's just an image. Yeah, you can cut it out of metal. You could probably three D print the and, thing for about a dollar fifty. Yeah. So who's making the? Yeah, it calls into question uh, who's oh, making oh, traffic lights because oh, well. that sounds like there's a margin. Oh yeah, but hang on, it gets a bit better now. I'm ready. Uh, this also includes includes a $2,625 bronze plaque and a memorial garden. Oh, well, that's, uh, I think that's a bit more than the traffic light. 
really? I don't mind anyway, that, though, no, because okay. I don't mind the idea but, of having different kind of traffic lights with different stencils. Well, but wouldn't a bronze statue only cost a couple of hundred bucks? Couldn't they make a bronze statue? And oh, I'm sure if they got a young artist to do it, it wouldn't That's what I mean, or a mural on a, on a wall or something. Yeah, or... yeah. No. But can we get back to the traffic lights? Because yeah. I like this idea that you could have different shaped traffic lights. You know, you still have your red yep. and your amber yep. and your green. Yeah. But the stencils within them, and that's all they are, they're metal yeah, stencils, right? right? Yeah, to true. show the image of a, of a, of a walking just person. just illuminated by globes. Um, imagine you could have different ones. Yeah. That could, we could have a bit of fun with that. You could have a VB can for the green one. You have a two smoking guns, <laughs> two smoking, traffic light. Well, it could just become a, a new form of advertising Correct. space. It could be great. Yeah. And in certain suburbs, you could have different football themes, like in, in Moorabbin, you could have red, white, and black instead of red, white, and green. Oh, yes. You, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that would really help the, uh, the, the colourblind people as well. <laughs> well, red and green don't work so well for oh. colourblind people, Scotty. Hey, did I ever tell you the story about the bloke that I work with that was colourblind? No. Did I ever share that with you? I was, um, oh, just quickly, because it scared the pants off me, because I actually thought he had a death wish, this bloke. We're driving through the city one day. And uh, anyway, he goes, uh, he goes straight through a set of red lights and mm. fortunately no traffic coming the other way I've got <laughs> steady oh, on Eddie oh, oh mate um, <laughs> he goes oh no 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 I, no I think I saw them. No, I think I got through just in time and well, right yeah. yeah next set <laughs> same again I've gone mate What's going on? Anyway, it was the next day he fessed up. He said, oh, look, I've got to tell you, I'm colourblind. We just say, look, the I top said, ones, well, when the know, top long, ones are on, stop. When I the said, bottom ones are on, well, go. Well, you know what? My peepers work okay. <laughs> I'm happy to tell you what colour it is when we come up to it if we go driving again. I don't reckon I went with him too many more times subsequently. Yeah, but I agree. Anyway, there you go. So uh, green green and red ladies and orange ladies possibly. So uh, to, um, to honour and uh, mark the 1920 election of Mary Rogers there is what that's about. But, yeah, I'm with you. I reckon there's a whole bunch of new stuff that you could do with signs. And I reckon you could have speakers in the ground and... and uh, uh, you know, you could have an ad playing that comes up through the pedestrian crossing as people are crossing over. Oh, I'm loving it. Hey, All right. Here we go. Let's go. Right All on. right, we'll go to it. Speaking of right ads, on, um, let's take a couple in. Have a break. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM Sponsor. G'day, it's Dr. Carl here. And it won't come as any surprise to you that I was a bit of a curious kid. I was always asking my parents questions like, why do people think that the earth is flat? And how can flies walk on the ceiling? Only by asking questions, by being curious, only that way can we get answers which then give us knowledge. Find your answers during National Science Week at scienceweek.net.au. We don't stand so close in supermarket aisles. We gotta keep our masks on just for a little while. And if it's safe to stay at home, then just stay at home. We gotta all grow up and do whatever helps us move along. It's not about me. It's not about you. 
We got a long, long way to go. So it's what we need to do. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. It's about all of us together. It's what we need to do. From Paran to Parkdale, you're listening to Southern FM.
There you go, mate. Another story. Oh, oh, song there there about drugs well, and Well, there's lots of love going around, but it's not the sort of drug that we need right now. No, <laughs> we, need a, we need something. Some <laughs> of that, we need some of that hydroxychloroquine oh, that Trumpy yeah, talked about. Exactly, exactly. Hey, um, Brian Ferry, I saw him um, last summer. I was going to say, he was before. not long ago, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was very good, was too. Was he still good? He was good. He's 70, I'm going to say 72. Roughly, yeah. yep. So every second song, he had to sit down. Oh, so he pretend to play the piano. Oh. He just, we just wanted a bit of a sit down. He's a bit tired. You're going to be tired. Yeah. But he had a very good band with him, and some of those tunes they stand the test of no, time. He hasn't got the, uh, hasn't quite got the stamina of Mick Jagger though. No, he? I haven't seen Mick yeah. Jagger tour for a little while. No, it's no, it hasn't been a while. He doesn't need to. He's now, cash. Yeah, no, I don't think I really need to do much more for a long time, to be perfectly honest. I think you could probably just shut the door and it, uh, it'll still all be okay. Hey, if I said to you, um, do you think you could name uh, somebody back in the 1880s who would be uh, described as um, uh, a very powerful crime boss? Yes, I'd go 18, what, 18 late. Yeah, so oh, 1880s. I don't know. Like a squizzy tailor yeah. or something like that? Yeah, no, not not quite. Uh, try Anne Sheel. Anne? <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Now sit back and uh, and enjoy this. This is uh, this made for some fascinating reading. So uh, what was described as marvellous Melbourne era in the 1880s, the city was in the grip of a development population boom off the back of the gold rush, of course. Of course. Um, but as good times rolled on, cashed up city slickers who partied in bustling bars in Burke Street. Oh, <laughs> Bustling bars see, in Burke Street. How good is that? It's very clever using alliteration this way. What is it? Bustling bars, bustling in, bars Burke in Burke Street became easy prey for thieves and con artists. Oh, so yes. they're all they've got loads of they've got money spilling out of their pockets. Dens and, of iniquity. Exactly. So yes. no one embraced the business opportunity better than than powerful crime boss Anne Shield, the subject of the first episode in a five part series uh, on larrikins and laneways. Uh, and apparently it's on the um, free in black and white podcast on Australia's Forgotten Characters, uh, and apparently it came out um, last week on Monday. Larrikins and Lineways. Yeah, exactly. What a, great, what a great name that is, hey? I mean, it needs to turn into a miniseries. Uh, um, uh, there's a historian, uh, founder of the Melbourne Historical Crime Tours, Yes, uh, describes Anne Sheil as a slum landlord, brothel madam, and controller of gangs and thieves. Wow. Now, I'll tell you what. You're going to have to have a pretty decent Jeez. sort of spine. She can be pretty to, tough. Yeah, I reckon this would be the you, you wouldn't want to mess with uh, with Anne Shield. Yeah, you've got a my, picture of her there, have you? Uh, no, I don't. But she I'll, fi- be a I'll find. Tough old yeah, bird. I'll find one. Don't worry. Um, she owned most of the properties in crime-ridden uh, Romeo Lane and Juliet Terrace. Now, I'm not familiar. I'm with, not familiar with Romeo uh, Lane. Is and that... they ran from Burke Street to Little Burke Street. A block from Parliament House, so it's there must be tiny little lanes just right up the end there over um, over Russell Street and and so forth. Oh, just Google Map um, Romeo Lane. So, so just do that, and um, uh, it's now a bar. <laughs> yeah, well there you go. So both streets were lined with brothels and dens of thieves. Okay, so they run between Rus- uh, Russell. Uh, they run between. Well, they must run between Burke and Little Burke. Well, they? you know where Crossley Street is, yes, I do. which is where Ginger Boy and of yeah. course um, uh, Becco. Yep, correct. And where the um, the very famous Pellegrini's Espresso yes. Bar is. Yes. 
Um, I think that was probably Romeo Lane back in the day. Yeah, right, okay. And the one next to it, um, what would you say it was? Uh, well, it's uh, Juliet Terrace. Well, Romeo and Juliet, yeah, there correct. you go. Yeah, um, Yeah, that's probably going to be... Um, the next one up, Liverpool or, Street, or, yeah, or something yeah. like that, or Harwood Place, or something like. That. But anyway, no, they're the top that, end of town, that, yeah, near Spring Street. Drop your drop your pin on that uh, yeah. that locale, and yeah. she had a fair chunk of the real estate through all there. Did she? Uh, yes. Now her mo was to send a tenant, normally a woman, to a nearby hotel uh, in Burke Street to find a drunken man with a pocket full of cash and lure him back to one of her residences. Well, isn't that what they're all well, for? I think so. Yeah, but I, I reckon he thought he might have been in for some Kushmakundi. She just wanted go his out, cash. Go out and find yourself a drunken man with a pocket full of cash. <laughs> so after a few drinks, accomplices would set upon and rob the victim. Uh, Sheil was actually in prison for six months in 1866 for receiving stolen goods after one robbery victim turned violent, forcing her to intervene. So she's had a go at, uh, so somebody's had a go at one of her tenants and she's had to intervene and she's obviously kicked the living suitcase out of him by the sounds of it. And Sheil shouted, don't let the old wretch go. Victim George Hill was held down and forcibly undressed. His clothes were passed for inspection to Shield, who hit the jackpot, finding a hundred and forty-six pound in his wallet. Really? Now this that's is that's a lot of money this back is then. Eighteen sixty-six, right? So, I mean, somebody, somebody. I, I, I don't he's, know. He's one. I don't know how you do that. Is that half a million bucks oh, back I, in those days? A million yeah. bucks? I mean, it could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, after her stint in prison, she'll wised up <laughs> and opted for a hands-off approach while demanding a hefty cut from the proceeds of every robbery. So she said, "I'm not going to get involved anymore, but I'll, um, but I'll take some of it anyway." Thanks. She was making money from the rent. She was also getting a cut from all the business that was done, and on top of that, she was getting a cut of the thievery. Uh, she was also getting. A bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) You're not done with, old man. (laughs) Come here. Um, So Juliet Terrace and Romeo Lane, since renamed, oh, here you go. You're spot on. Liverpool Street and Crosley Street. Yeah. Are now better known for their trendy bars and cafes than their previous lives of seedy crime hubs. Um, So a thousand pounds in 1900, it wasn't 1980. Yep. Is now worth a hundred uh, so half a million dollars, yeah. or oh, no, two hundred fifty quarter of a million dollars. Right. So, yeah, it's not a fair what yeah, of cash. Yeah, it's a good, ch- hey. it's a good chunk of cash, right? Good chunk of change. So she outlived three husbands. She died in nineteen oh two. So how did they uh, meet their demise? Uh, I think they ended up in meat pies <laughs> <laughs> with Sweeney Todd's wife. Right. <laughs> not sure. Uh, yeah, outlived three husbands. She died in nineteen oh two, age seventy six. A pretty good innings for the lifestyle that she would have led. I would have well, she would have um, not been born here. She would have emigrated. Um, yeah, well, Probably. yeah, I assume so. You can, yeah, she must have come out. Oh, little, little, little. no, maybe she not. Might, no, she might have been born here. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Just born to a couple of <laughs> reprobates. <laughs> yeah, reprobates that stole a loaf of bread in England or yeah, something. Like. Yeah. So I tell you what, I'm going to go and look up uh, and do a bit more research about Anne Shield. I think there'll well, be some. She's obviously run be... um, a fairly successful yes. uh, operation a block away from Parliament, yeah. and I dare say some of the drunk rich men. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell <laughs> from you, the um, the politics political environment might have ended up in a couple of her so, DOS houses. What's interesting is there's no mention of whether she had any uh, any children, and given that her activity 
activity was interesting. Mm. Um, I'm surprised by that. Mm. Um, and then I wonder whether if she did have any children, have they been the recipients of uh, of said um, uh, real estate in those areas? Because well, they would be fairly uh, fairly well. well there was one so, spot which, and you would recall, and I think it's just yeah. changed hands. You know where Pellegrini's is? Yes. There was a rather large. Um, Rag trade sort of clothing warehouse. Yes, there was there for many years. Yeah, I think it's just passed change hands. Has it? Yeah, yeah. Right. That was there, pretty run down sort of place. Yep, yep, yep. Full of uh, material and things. Yep, it was there for Got years it. and years and years. So maybe, anyway, maybe, maybe, maybe. So there's a there's a, there's a relation I, there. Somewhere. I'm going to I'm going to do some more research. It's just uh, I find that a fascinating story. I'd never heard of Anne Shield. Well, and, next uh, time you walk down the street to Becco, yes, you can. Uh, and there is a. I'll a, hear the ghost of Anne Shield. I note that there's now. This is must be new because it wasn't there when I was last there. There's a bar called Romeo Lane. Ah, there you go. There you go. Now, so when you're allowed to leave your house, Scotty, you can pop into said Romeo Lane and have a quaint cocktail with. Well, and and they might have if you talk to them. The fact that they've called it after the old Lane Way, they might have a little. Might couple a couple of historical photos. Might be a plaque or something on the in wall. There. Well, yes. I tell you what, the, and the the man to ask more questions too is the historian Michael Shelford, who I neglected to mention earlier, uh, and he is the founder of Melbourne Historical Crime Tours. So oh, you well, we'd want to do that. Yeah, wouldn't you'd we? actually want to go and do a tour with him, wouldn't you? And then just you know, because he just tell you stuff that you just never knew. Yeah, but I like that sort yep. of stuff. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I uh, I went to Paris a many many years ago. Own country. I went to Around Paris City? many years ago, and I wished I'd gone and done the uh, catacombs. Oh, yes, I did the catacombs. Did you? In Paris. Yeah. yeah. Good? Yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, now, it's um, now something I wish I'd done. I don't, I can tell you, I don't need to go to Vietnam and do the uh, the war tunnels. Though. Well, you wouldn't I, get in them, Scotty. Well, I know I mean, somebody after who... After COVID, you and I aren't getting I in those I know somebody who did go, and he's a little bit bigger than me, yeah. and he said it was... <laughs> A little bit uh, concerning some of no, the, the size I'm, of some I'm of them. A little bit claustrophobic in that respect. Yeah. Now, can I? Because uh, I really do want to get this one out today, and I'm sorry, I, I seem to have, uh, no, I seem fine. to have hogged the, uh, hogged the, the mark today. But I want to talk to you about wine. Oh well, you had, right? you had, so I've got you, your you had me at wine now, and it's a, a very interesting question. So, um, the, whoever AH is, there's uh, somebody by the name of AH in Five Dock, New South Wales. Five now, that's, Dock. A, that's a suburb. It's a very nice part of Sydney, I think. Uh, Five Dock, if memory serves. Um, question: Why do red wines of Bordeaux always seem to be a mixture of grapes, while most others have just one grape, like Shiraz or Pinot Noir, or oh, as it's called in? Uh in France, Syrah. So, oh, Syrah, mm. is it? Mm. There you go. Uh, so I, I uh, expunged the following uh, your way. Uh, we do seem to have a modern-day obsession with single-variety wines, but it wasn't always so in the distant past. Nobody cared much um, about what grapes were put into their wine. Grape names were seldom mentioned on labels, and winemakers weren't fussy about what went into their bottles. Uh, Bordeaux has five main red varieties, and most wines are blends of all or some of them. Although Cabernet Sauvignon is closely identified with Bordeaux, I don't think there are any wines made purely from that grape. Merlot is the most common um, grape used. Mm. Traditionally, blends worked well in Bordeaux because the climate was cold and marginal, and many seasons some of the five grapes failed to ripen. Correct. Right? 
So Merlot is the earliest ripening and the most uh, and almost always gets uh, properly ripe. Hence, it's the backbone of most wines. Uh, red wine, obviously. In Bordeaux, uh, now I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this as right. Uh, Medeau, it's uh, M E. Medoc. Medoc, is it? Mm, yeah. Medoc. Okay, so uh, Bordeaux's Medoc subregion, where the five grapes are used, there's more Merlot in the cold years and more Cabernet Sauvignon in the hotter, riper years. They all ripen at different times, giving the winemaker blending options. Well, it was always the skill of the winemaker yeah, to, yeah, to blend yeah, with what yeah, he had. Yeah, and, yeah, of absolutely. course, the Bordeaux, of course, uh, is the, the inspiration behind Penfolds. Yep, uh, 100%. Uh, mm. And then uh, the soil in your vineyard also determines what you plant. Mm. Right? So clay soils uh, mean Merlot, gravel more Cabernet Sauvignon, and limestone means more Cabernet Franc, uh, etc., in Bordeaux's uh, Pomerol district, Merlot is most widely cultivated because of the clay soil. Some Pomerol wines are pure Merlot. The lesser varietals, Malbec and Petit Verdot, Petit Verdot, Petit Verdot uh, also have their advantages and disadvantages, and in small amounts can add something to a blend. As the climate warms and the grapes uh, ripen earlier and earlier, Cabernet Sauvignon uh, ripens more consistently, so more can be used in Bordeaux blends which is a plus in my view. Uh, Bordeaux wines are better than ever today, partly thanks to climate change. Have you ever been to the Bordeaux region? No, I didn't. Oh, I highly I, recommend yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't get there. I, we, we fluffed around Paris for, for too mm. long. But, um, I'd spent uh, some time there at a chateau. Yeah, lovely. And uh, it's magnificent. Yeah. You ride a bike around there yeah, really. with a bit of fromage yeah. and a breadstick, and geez, you can have a lot of and beautiful wine. did you wine. have uh, some jambon? Yeah, yeah, With your mum. Your mum. Mate, great place, great region. Yeah. And uh, some of the wines, heavenly. I just read this and it just, it, it sort of, it actually sort of dropped a whole lot of things into place. And, and, and then he just finishes off. Um, the, the famous ones are prohibitively expensive, the Reds, the Bordeaux Reds he's talking about. But there's plenty of good value in the less famous. There are, there are. So, um, you know, do yourself a favour. Maybe uh, go and lash out and get yourself uh, a Bordeaux as opposed to. Well, you can go to the big green place, and they're not that expensive. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'll um, I might have to drift by on the way. I'm more than happy to take you on an educational tour through the many varieties of France, Scotty. (laughs) At the big greenhouse? Uh, No, we can go there. We can go and do the real thing. We're going to an OB. Yeah, we're going to an OB. (laughs) I'd love to do that. The tour of uh, two smoking guns do Bordeaux. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. Right, mate. We're going to play another one more song off off the break, and then we'll finish. It off. Righto. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. 
Southern FM sponsor. Ah, welcome, Monsieur. Your usual table, and of course, your partner will sit on the floor. Australian law ensures that guide dogs are welcome in all restaurants while working or training. So please remember that guide dogs are assisting their vision impaired companions and ensure they are welcome in every restaurant, shop, taxi, or public transport. Your bill, sir, <laughs> and of course, your doggy bag. For more information, contact the Guide Dog Association of Victoria, nine eight five four double four double four. Hey, g'day! You got a minute to talk about organ and tissue donation before the game starts? Me? Well, I've registered to be a donor. It was really quick to do. It's great to know that there's more Australians like me saying yes to organ donation than ever before. Because there's always someone who'll need a transplant. One day it could be you or me, or one of our family members. So why not say yes to donation? And register today at donatelife.gov.au. This project is sponsored by the Organ and Tissue Authority. From Mordialic to Malvern, you're listening to Southern FM.
Sometimes you don't need much of an excuse to play music, uh, Scotty. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a very loose theme today around, um, you know, remedies and drugs and stuff. It was just really a poor excuse to play that great song. Who was that? From a great band. Who um, was the band? Ammonia was the band. Ammonia. Another early early nineties uh, band for you, Scotty, the Perth band. Yeah, right. and that's pretty much the only song they had. Uh, they break up certainly after that. That but, uh, that has escaped me. A very me. very good guitar sound. Yeah, yeah. Good very tune. good guitar. You were rocking it out. Yep. Something about this uh, this early nineties uh, sort of era, isn't there? <laughs> we're, all, we're, we're all you know whatever we were, yeah. early thirties or whatever. Yeah. Um, very very good sound coming out of there. And so um, I wanted to fit this one in before we got this got away from us Excellent. because um, this has got intrigue written all over yeah, it. No, we one. love it. We love intrigue. So this is this is uh, this has got a few ingredients to it. It's, it's got a billionaire. Yeah. Uh, it's got a soccer star. Right. It's got the um, the ex um, uh, Steve Bannon, uh, who was the um, part of Trump's um, uh, part of Trump's administration in two thousand and seventeen. Huh? Yes. And it's about a new a, 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 a new democracy movement, pro democracy movement um, in in China. Yeah. It's called the New Federal State of China. So I've got a few ingredients to it, this, so I just want to step you through this. Right. So um, this is a, a separatist group. Yeah. Uh, and this, in the background to this is, of course, the, the paradigm of engagement between China and the US is forever changed now or is forever changing now. Mm-hmm. And this is the free world versus the uh, the new tyranny in China because obviously China's flexing its muscles uh, far yep. more in the world yep. and the US is declining to um, to you know be bullied be bullied <laughs> and uh, anyway right. so I'll take you through this because I think this is absolutely fascinating right, right? so um, this is a Chinese separatist group backed by former US presidential advisor Steve Bannon a fugitive Chinese billionaire and one of China's most famous football players. So they've gathered, um, this was a couple of weeks ago, they gathered in Australia for the first time um, to to plan a meeting and raise funds. So um, there's a Chinese businessman called Guo Wangui. I'll pronounce that wrong. (laughs) I know that. That's number 13 on the uh, menus. (laughs) Guo Wangui. He made his fortune in real estate development. And he um, he claims to invest of have invested a hundred million dollars yep. in investigating alleged abuses of power by the highest levels of the Chinese Communist Party. Would well, he need to invest that much to find out? And he's established the pro democracy <laughs> movement under the banner the New Federal State of China. Right. So he's hired Steve Bannon, right, yep. which is former chief strategist of the Trump administration. Yep. Um. The FBI, coincidentally, is investigating the source of funds for the for the behind the movement, <laughs> and the apparent one million dollar contract that Mister Guo is paying Mister Bannon. Right. So Mister Guo has been accused by the Chinese government of money laundering, fraud, kidnapping, and rape. Charges he claims have been trumped up by the China in retaliation for a series of videos that he's made. Yep. Um, alleging corruption allegations against the Chinese Communist Party officials, right? So he's he's on some dangerous ground. You get, this bloke. You get their attention very quickly when you start to do that sort of stuff. Yes, I would there's have there's accusation counter yes. accusation yep. going on here. Yeah. 
Um, so he, he's obviously not sure. He's not doing things in the background, um, nah. Mr. Guo. No, nah, he's right up Because um, he kicked off things by flying a fleet of propeller planes with flags draped between them over the Statue of Liberty in New York um, with a declaration that he was going to overthrow the Communist Party. Oh, so he's, so he's got a bit of flair yeah, about him. Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's got some kahunas. So he's, uh, he's also recruited um, football star Hao Haidong, known as China's Maradona. China's Maradona. China's Maradona. Really? Now, if he was that good, we would have heard of this is he now. Is he self-named? <laughs> I, th- I think I'm as good as Maradona. China's Maradona. He must do a lot of coke. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? And his wife, who's Yi Zhao Ying, she's the former Chinese badminton world champion. So you've got China's Maradona who's married the former Chinese badminton world champion. No pressure on the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to see here. (laughs) So um, the developments are highly sensitive in China, and any mention of their names is picked up by state censors. So the fact that I've named them poorly is just my hope of getting the Two Smoking Guns podcast ratings up in China. (laughs) I tell you what. We might be investigated. Well... I mean, it's the old. Uh, I think it's. I think it's the mantra that sort of comes out of that part of the world of um, just deny, 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 deny on you know both sides of the fence. It would seem for for the combatants, if I can call them that, the government and the man trying to throw throw the government. So there's a there's a thing called the Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Right. Huh? No. They found in June that Mr. Guo, also known as Miles Quok, he's got an alias. Oh. Uh has been the target of state-based social media campaign involving more than 70,000 coordinated tweets accusing the billionaire, billionaire of being a traitor and an immoral, swindling liar. Yeah, they'll, they'll, throw, they'll, they'll throw absolutely everything at him for sure. Absolutely. The so there's go. a range of people, some of whom have, been, have fled China after Tiananmen Square... Um, and others who have pseudonyms due to concerns about their safety um, are trying to raise the issue of corruption in China. It's a uh, it's a fairly delicately poised world we live in right now, isn't it? I mm. mean, there's a lot going on on multiple fronts. Mr. Bannon has focused on China since leaving the Trump administration in 2017 after he pushed the White House to become more assertive in its relationship with Beijing. So he was sacked. So he was sacked at that time (laughs) for political tensions. But recently, the US have obviously announced they've shut down the Chinese consulate in Houston. Yeah, they have. And uh, China's retaliated by closing down the US consulate in Chengdu. That's right. And um, we're in the middle of a bit of an ideological battle at the minute between China and the US. Yep. So uh, that's just another little iteration of that uh, geopolitical they tension. respectively kicked each other out. Keep an eye on that. Yes, no, that's, those, uh, that'll be those, interesting. Those names again in the, in the hope that we're being followed by the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I've got to tell you, it happened to me again uh, yesterday. There was something that I, um, I... I don't know where I... I don't know what I did... Um, Looked at something, read something, and an and an ad for it popped up on my phone this morning. Well, that will be your friends you know, at uh, you know, Facebook and Google. Yeah, I don't know. There was something there, and I just thought, oh, this is just frightening. Hey, did, you know, did you know though that they're yeah. going to get taxed? 
Yeah, well, so they should. Um, and they've got now got to pay for content. They've got to pay for content. Yeah, correct. About time. That'll, that'll change their tune pretty quickly. That'll quick. change their tune pretty quickly. Yeah. They, they pay no taxes yeah. in this country. No, that's right. Not a cent. Yeah. Um, can I finish, because uh, time is oh, now going to be against us. Uh, we've got only a again. couple of minutes to go. Yeah. Um, I just want to, um, uh, if I said to you uh, there's a robot named The Punisher... <laughs> <laughs> What do you reckon he might be going to go and do? Well, he's either a WWF wrestler or he's, a, uh, he's, he's, he's something yeah. uh, a little more unsavoury. No, it's, uh, it's to do with our old uh, our old mates down there by the air of those silos with the 96 clock on the top. The Punisher. They're coming down. Well, he's like our Mexican drug That's boss. That's right, exactly. The, the mallet. So we've got, yeah, that's right. They need the mallet. Uh, oh, no, this, this gets better because um, the, the robot's got friends. Oh. <laughs> Oh, so a robot named the Punisher will dismantle seven silos at the site of Melbourne's landmark Nilex clock. Now, are they going? Are we going to lose the clock? Uh, no. Oh, uh, good. Yeah, it's okay. Good. The, clock will, the clock will be back. Uh, in a pretty uh, careful bit of demolition. Yeah, I would have thought there's a bit going on around there. Um, Not to mention so, a bit of freeway and a river. So the towering cylinders, they'll be dismantled in one metre sections uh, by the affectionately named D- Demolition Bot and its twins. What's the twins' name? It Punisher two. <laughs> it doesn't say. Um, so scaffolding's been. So how many up. of those are there? There's seven apparently. Seven in total. Were they, yeah. were they formerly wheat silos? Yes, they were. Um, so what's going to happen is the the prominent Cremorne property is set between the Monash Freeway and the Hoddle Street is undergoing a one billion dollar transformation into a lifestyle hub called the Malt District. It'll be apartments too, I would imagine. Yeah, mate, it's going to be the whole nine yards, right? So, um, and then uh, Freddie Ferkensturka said uh, the Nox clocks uh, switched off briefly earlier this year for the first time in a decade, and there are plans to refurb it and make it even more prominent when the redevelopment is completed, which won't be again till so they won't come back on until about 2022. So they're going to be off the at next which couple time of years. they need to have the Paul Kelly song. Yeah, playing at their reopening. Oh, exactly right. High on the hill, looking Still, over the bridge to the, the MCG. So, um, given their height and demolition... Mm, the clock on the cl- silo says 11 degrees. Yeah, that's exactly I remember. right. Yeah. Um, given their height, demolition, uh, demolishing the silos requires sophisticated methodology... Uh, and Caden has adopted cutting-edge remote control technology that will slowly break... So uh, they would just knock the walls into yeah, the middle so of they, it, wouldn't they? Yeah, they're going to break down the concrete, uh, each structure, and let it fall to the ground within the silos. Within the silos, Yeah, and then yes. pull the skin down from there, I yeah, guess. So. I imagine so. That's um, how you do it. Anyway, That's how I'd do it, Scotty, if I yeah, had a Yeah, well, sledging. mate, you're all over it. Uh, you're absolutely so all over it. The developer recently topped out the 14-storey Coppins Corner Apartment Tower Build at the future lifestyle precinct. So yeah, so she's going to be all sparkly in there. That would be uh, pretty interesting. Uh, that Cremorne is it is it's yep. part of Richmond really, but yeah, it's, that's a, right. it's a tiny little pocket of a yeah, suburb. It's a, yeah, it's like a micro suburb. It's of a Richmond. micro suburb. Mm, it's like a micro herb. It's like where um, not where the Black Match used to be, but um, it's in around the Cherry Tree. The cherry or, Tree, correct? Or, all, all in that little all area. In that little area. So anyway, that stand by. Oh, very you, good. Do you remember just quickly? Do you remember what sign used to be on the silos? The biggest billboard sign in, uh, in no. I reckon, almost in Australia. Foxtel. Oh, there you go. Used to drive down the hill, and there used to be the biggest I Foxtel sign the you've Nilex ever pop. seen that used to poke 
poke its head south. So there we go. Well, we must away again. So again. For another we've, week. We've belted out another one, and uh, time has uh, caught up to us yet again. So now, now we've got a we've got a couple of highlights this week, including tomorrow night, Saints. So oh, Saints. Going for five in a row, Scotty. Come on. <laughs> can't wait. So you have a great week. Yeah, you too, mate. I'll see you, you next Sunday on the air. Right and uh, we're going to go to the AMRAP radio program, which is full of great new Australian music. So stand by and enjoy this, You'll everybody. you to two smoking guns. <laughs>